0: Locked On Podcast Network presents Locked On Sports Today.
1: The situation with Lamar Jackson in Baltimore has devolved. Apparently, he requested a trade almost four weeks ago. Is there actually a deal that works for the Ravens? Plus, the Final Four is set in the NCAA Women's Tournament, and the Sacramento Kings are on the brink of breaking the drought. I'm Peter Bukowski, starting your day with the can't-miss stories and biggest debates in sports You're Locked On Sports today.
0: Searching all major
2: sports. Found
0: Let's start with the biggest story.
1: After weeks of speculation about the future of Lamar Jackson, he tweeted an update. He said, in regards to his future plans, as of March 2nd, I requested a trade from the Ravens organization for which the Ravens have not been interested in meeting my value. He said, he still wants to win a Super Bowl and encourage his fans to follow him at his fan website. Joining me now from Locked On Ravens, Kevin Ostriker, and Kevin, um, that means that this trade request has been on the table for over three weeks. So why is Lamar Jackson still on the Baltimore Ravens? Yeah, Peter,
3: at this point, it just feels like this could be something to maybe drum up leverage. For him, I mean, this happened literally right as John Harbaugh was sitting down to talk to the media at the NFL owners. I mean, he's literally almost yeah. to the minute that it happened. So I'm sure he was very surprised to sit down and all of a sudden get re- questions about a trade request. He's thinking, <laughs> how do you guys know that? You probably show him the tweet and he's said, like, oh, okay. So he, I think he handled it very well. But for Lamar, this is a situation that, I mean, every twist and turn that you could possibly imagine at this point, it feels like it's happened. And honestly, with this trade request, The vibe seemed off with Lamar and the Ravens, even dating back to the middle of the 2022 season. He gets injured against the Broncos in Week 13. And the whole narrative from the Ravens organization was, oh, yeah, he'll be back this season. John Harbaugh saying that, but we never saw him again after Week 13. And obviously, Lamar is very entrenched in his stance of what he believes he's worth. And then the tweets, Peter. It almost seems like this is not a Baltimore thing as John Harbaugh alluded to during his press conference. It's a monetary. It's a money thing for Lamar, but it seems like there's no middle ground between the Ravens and Lamar. It seems like Lamar's only on the fully guaranteed deal side. The Ravens are only on we're going to offer you this, and that's that. It feels like it could be handled better by both sides. But why Lamar saw on the Ravens at this point because it feels like interest throughout the league hasn't been, I think what? Lamar would have anticipated at this point. It feels like not non exclusive franchise tag, obviously that happened after the trade request. So maybe this was a situation where the Ravens said, go out there, test your market, not for an offer sheet, but for a trade. See if there's a team out there. Because if they saying, Peter's, you know, it takes two to tango at this point, it takes three. If you're in this situation, it takes the Ravens. It takes Lamar and it takes another team. All three of those sides have to be on the same page. So at this point, you know we see reports from people like Stephen Holder that you know the, Lamar's contract demands are not a starting point for teams right now. He seems fully really entrenched in the NFL, The NFLPA seems to be pushing for that. It's just a situation right now that feels very, very uneasy for all parties involved, and one that could linger still for a while.
1: John Harbaugh said he expects Lamar Jackson to be the quarterback of the Baltimore Ravens in 2023. What do you think? the chances are that this gets resolved. And, and if so, when? If you have any guess as to how, let's hear it. I, I wish I had something for you. I mean, at this point... Look so into that the, crystal ball, Kevin. Come I on. know.
3: The, I'm trying. <laughs> so I have the, the magic. I'll just shake the magic eight ball. see what happens. And that'll mm-hmm. be that. But... To me, Peter, it feels like the the Outlook worst look unclear.
1: I think is yeah, what the Magic Football would say.
3: I know, and I think what it would say is the worst case scenario for the Ravens is if this lingers beyond the draft. Because at this point, if you're going to trade him to a team like the Colts, or you're going to trade him to a team like the Texans, let's say that's a team. The Texans have the second overall pick. The Colts have the fourth overall pick. You trade Lamar after that. Lamar is going to make any of those teams better. You know, he's gonna, he's he's a franchise quarterback, whether it's for Baltimore or somebody else. In that case, you're getting a 2024 mid-20s, high twenties pick, a 2025, mid-20s, high twenties pick. And the Ravens defense right now, even without Lamar, I don't think they're they're bad enough to tank for Caleb Williams in the 2024 draft. So at this point, if you can get a top five selection, whether it's the Texans or the Colts or whoever it is, maybe you can take an Anthony Richardson or Will Levis or Bryce Young or a CJ Stroud and have that to kind of rebuild this offense. But the, now the key thing is Lamar's a franchise guy. It's very hard for NFL teams to find a pure franchise guy. You know, teams right now, Daniel Jones right now is a $40-plus million dollar per year quarterback, and he is someone who, that to me, is the worst-case scenario for Baltimore, where if you have to pay, no disrespect to Daniel Jones or anybody, but some of these middling quarterbacks, that high amount for Lamar – You can take paying him big money because he's a franchise guy. At this point, it feels like this could linger beyond the draft, and that, to me, is a very bad situation for the Ravens.
1: Maybe, Maybe a little disrespect to Daniel Jones. Stay up to date all year on the Baltimore Ravens by following Locked on Sports Today and Locked on Ravens on YouTube or wherever you get podcasts. Thanks for making Locked on Sports Today your first listen. Coming up, the Final Four is set in the Women's NCAA Tournament. Before we get to that, the Green Bay Packers are confused about something Aaron Rodgers said. The tournament is heating up, and there's no better place to get in on the action than FanDuel, America's number one sports book. That's because right now, FanDuel is giving new customers a no-sweat first bet up to $1,000. That's up to $1,000 back in bonus bets if your first bet doesn't win. Just go to fanduelcom on to sign up today to claim your no-sweat first bet. Then you can wager on everything from the money line to point spreads to which team will be cutting down the net. You can check out the matchup of Miami and UConn in the Final Four. FanDuel has UConn favored by five and a half points over the Canes in the late Saturday night game, all on an app that's safe, secure, and super easy to use. So don't miss your shot at a no-sweat first bet up to $1,000 when you join FanDuel.com today. Just go to FanDuel.com slash locked on to sign up. Make every moment more with FanDuel.
0: Now, here's what you need to be locked on today.
1: The Green Bay Packers attempted to talk with Aaron Rodgers this offseason, but were not able to reach him. General Manager Brian Gudikin said Monday at the NFL's annual league meetings that he tried unsuccessfully to reach Rodgers many times since their final meeting in January, shortly after last season. The Green Bay Packers quarterback said on Pat McAfee that the Packers were not direct with him about their plans for him on the roster. And I think I was really looking forward to the conversations with Aaron to see how he fit into that. Uh, those never transpired. So, it, you know, there, there came a time where we kind of had to we had to make some, you know, decisions. So, we went through with representatives to try to kind of talk to them where we were going with our team. And at that point, um, you know, they informed us they would like to, to be traded to the Jets. On the NBA Hardwood, the Knicks dispatched with the Rockets easily. The New York Knicks end their
3: three-game losing streak in emphatic fashion, a 137-115 to 115 victory over the Houston Rockets. I'm Gavin Shaw the Locked On Knicks podcast. Emmanuel quickly drops a career-high 40 points along with nine assists. He was cooking from the get-go, had 16 points midway through the second quarter, was bombing threes, and when the Rockets finally got the memo and started to close out on him, he made a bunch of tough runners using the glass really well and just generally tortured a young Houston team and showed why he's probably going to win sixth man of the year this season, even if it was as a starter. Julius Randle was also cooking early and often in a make-good game for him. I was really impressed with R.J. Barrett consistently making the right play over and over and over again. Isaiah Hardenstein dropped some backdoor dimes. This was nearly a perfect performance from the Knicks in the second half after a rough first half.
1: The Dallas Mavericks followed up a disappointing weekend with a blowout win over the Indiana Pacers. You hear that? That's the sound of a pulse. The Dallas Mavericks live. Nick Angster from the Locked On Mavericks podcast here. The Dallas Mavericks start showing signs of life against a very underhanded, undermanned Pacers team. But Luka Doncic, Kyrie Irving come out in this game and show some life, show some self-respect, show that, all right, maybe we're not done with this season. Maybe it's not completely over yet. We still got some fight left in us, I guess. (laughs) They were locked in defensively, played some good defense, won the three-point battle, which is what they needed to win to win pretty much any game. And you got some great ball movement, great contributions from Jaden Hardy. Jaden Hardy off the bench. We've talked about Hardy a lot this season, and now he's coming into his own. 20 points off the bench, four assists, and he caught an incredible, incredible pass from Luka Doncic in the corner. The highlights are everywhere. Hardy hit the three. Great to see the rookie get involved. The Bucks handled the Pistons.
4: It took until the fourth quarter, but Milwaukee picked up a really important win on the road in Detroit to improve to 54 and 21 on the season. My name's Kane Pittman. I'm the host of the Locked On Bucks podcast. If anything, this was another point and hat tip towards the Bucks depth that they have on this roster. No Giannis or no Drew Holiday in the lineup tonight, but they still had four players reach 20 plus points on the night. Javon Carter was huge. Hit six threes and just a couple of massive shots when the Pistons just would not go away in the fourth quarter. And then ultimately the Bucks closer, Chris Middleton took over. They have taken it very, very slow with Chris Middleton on his return from a knee injury. And wrist injury that he had in the offseason. And it looks like it is slowly starting to pay dividends. He had 34 points. That's a season high tonight. Uh, You can add in eight rebounds and five assists there in 33 minutes. So the minute total is in a nice spot. The efficiency continues to come along. And Chris Middleton closed out games as we've seen him do many times over the years. Check out the Locked On Bucks podcast wherever you get your podcasts.
1: And on the ice, the Wild absolutely destroyed the Kraken. Which do you prefer,
0: Matt Goldie or Hat Boldie? Whichever one you choose, it leads to another hat trick and another big win for the Wild. Hey everybody, Seth Topol, host of Lockdown Wild, your daily Minnesota Wild podcast, recapping a 5-1 to win for the Wild over the Seattle Kraken. The Kraken handled business early on, but found themselves trailing 1-0, after Jake Middleton scores his third goal of the season. Matt Boldy gets things going in the second period as he scores twice, including once on the power play to make it three nothing at that point. 50 seconds into the third, he scores his third goal of the game to pick up his second hat trick in the last six games. And Ryan Hartman adds a goal after that. Marc-Andre Fleury nearly had a shutout. It all leads to a big wild win. For more on the Minnesota Wild, make sure you're following Locked on Wild wherever
1: you listen to your podcasts.
0: Here is another story you need to know.
1: The women's final four is set, and it is going to give us one of the matchups we have been waiting all season to get with everything on the line. South Carolina takes care of Maryland, 86-75 on Monday night. They now will play Caitlin Clark and Iowa with a, 36 and a record coming into this game. Uh, joining me now from locked on women's basketball, Isabel Rodriguez and Isabel, this is really going to be a lot of fun. Um, be, not only because we get the star power, but we're going to have some great basketball here. What do you, what are you looking forward to in this matchup?
2: Yeah, absolutely. I mean, this has been one of the most talked about matchups basically all year. And I think folks have been have been really waiting for this one. So I'm excited to see exactly what happens. It's going to be one of the most high-powered offenses versus one of the most high-powered defenses in the league. And that's not to say that, that South Carolina doesn't have a high-powered offense either. They showed that today. I mean, putting up 86 points on Maryland is no easy task. So it's going to be really, you know, battle of two heavyweights on two opposite ends. But South Carolina just has a really intense depth that really showed today. And and I think that's going to be the key for me to watch is whether it shows up again against Iowa and whether Caitlin Clark has it in her to will Iowa to where it needs to go.
1: Yeah. The first person in NCAA tournament history, male or female to have a 40 point triple double Caitlin Clark over the weekend, Um, 40, 12 and 10 casually. This is just what Caitlin Clark does. What is it going to take for, Caitlin Clark and Iowa to topple what has been the most dominant force in women's college basketball this season.
2: Yeah. I mean, Caitlin Clark was, it's not even just that it was a 42 point triple double or 41 point. She was responsible for 70 of their 97 points, (laughs) which is one of the most remarkable stats that I've, heard in my life. Yeah. <laughs> um, so I think for, for Iowa, it might be more about taking a step back and trying to vary up their offense a little bit. South Carolina is a really smart defensive team. They're going to try and pick things apart. They're going to try and isolate Caitlin. They're going to try and make sure that she can't facilitate as much as she can as much as she normally does. And so I think just relying on some of those other outside shooters, um, getting Gabby Marshall involved, um, and then going down to Monica Sonano in the post I mean it's going to be really really hard to beat South Carolina. Like it's it's no joke. They are the real deal, especially with having, you know, such hot such tall people coming off the bench with Camilla Cardoso at 6-7 like they, when that's coming off the bench, I mean you just have to be able to prepare for it. So weathering the storm, taking things slowly and 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 going step by step and trying not to go one-on-one with Aliyah Boston in the post, I think. <laughs>
1: That would probably be a, a smart plan. I don't want to give short shrift to the other side of the bracket with LSU and Virginia Tech swearing mm. off on that side. Virginia Tech takes care of Ohio State 84-74. Um, this is going to be another fun one, and not just because Kim Monkey is going to be wearing something that will just be bonkers <laughs> and be all over Twitter the moment that game starts. Um, but it, it is worth mentioning here what, what Kim Monkey is doing in such a short amount of time at LSU. Um, how surprised are you that this is what we're seeing so soon from this LSU team?
2: Look, I mean, they brought in Angel Reese who was, you know, one of the most one of the most interesting transfers of the year to put it lightly, <laughs> and she really put this team on her back. I mean, she's got the double-double record in the SEC for most double-doubles in a single season for a reason. She puts it in every single day, and when you have someone like that leading that kind of a team, combined with Kim Mulkey as a coach. I mean, she's shown time and time again that she can lead teams through the postseason. So I wouldn't say I'm necessarily surprised, um, especially given how Alexis Morris has played recently. Um, they've done quite well. Um, and I'm excited to see how this matchup with Virginia Tech goes, given that we might have some some weird injury situations going on with them.
1: Yeah, I put the team on her back, um, but but no pink feathers. For the most part, (laughs) Um, we'll we'll, we'll see what they can come up with. Um, It's going to be a fun one for sure. Isabel, thanks for coming on. Of course. Stay up to date all year on women's college basketball by subscribing to Locked On Sports Today and Locked On Women's Basketball on YouTube and wherever you get podcasts. Coming up, the Sacramento Kings are so close to ending one of the longest droughts in sports. The Built March Madness bracket is here. We know you have a favorite bar or puff, and now's your time to make it count. Go to BuiltMarchMadness.com to vote for your favorites. You know I'll be voting for the coconut puff because it's the best. Support your favorite bar or puff with a vote. And when you vote your favorite bar or puff, you'll be entered into a drawing where 50 lucky locked on listeners will get a free box of Built. Not only that, but one locked on fan will win a 12 month subscription to Built to have Built's best bars or puffs delivered monthly straight to your door. You got to try Built. The best protein bar ever. Seriously, I came home from vacation and I didn't have any in my, my cabinet and I freaked out a little bit because I, I always want to have them in my cabinet. High in protein, low in sugar, covered in 100% real chocolate, tastes like a candy bar. What's not to like? Run, don't walk to builtmarchmadness.com right now to vote for your favorite bar or puff and pick up a box while you're there. You can vote every day in March. So hop in and support your pick. The Sacramento Kings are so close, they can taste it. They are so painfully close to being playoff-bound. Locked on Kings host, Matt George, looks at what it could mean. The Sacramento Kings are basically a lock at this point to win the Pacific Division. They are five and a half games up of the Los Angeles Clippers, six games up of the Phoenix Suns. Like It's only a matter of time before they clinch the division, which is pretty crazy for this team to go to from the bottom of the division to the top of the division. And again, the Pacific Division is one of the best, if not the best division in basketball. Not that the divisions matter that much, but my question for you is, do you want another banner up there? Do you maybe combine them all into one big banner and just keep putting the years on there? Or is that lame and you want them to take the Pacific Division banners down and only hang a banner if the Kings are Western Conference champions or NBA champions? hey, there's so much uh, space up here and the Kings aren't hanging nearly enough stuff at this point in time. I say, hang another banner. Why not? It's a pretty big deal for this team to secure this division and of course get back to the playoffs and have the, uh, the season that they've had. This is one of those things that the players sort of understand, but only the fans truly understand. This is a fan base that for a long time in the Rick Adelman era, the Mike Bibby and the Chris Weber Kings this was one of the toughest places in basketball to go play. You did not want to go to play the Kings in Sacramento. And then things got weird and the ownership got weird. And then and then maybe it changed hands and got weirder. And there was an unsuccessful bid to move the Kings. It took a coordinated campaign to save the Kings. And now Years later, what seems like a lifetime later, the Kings are not just back. They're back in a big way. One of the most fun teams in basketball. And now the playoffs, the players, it's cool for them. They kind of get it. It's the fans. It's the city. It's the community. They get it. And it's a reminder how impactful sports can be in a community. And finally, a woman is suing Dallas Cowboys owner Jerry Jones for defamation. Alexandra Davis, a congressional aide, sought recognition as Jones's daughter in a lawsuit filed last year that indicated the Dallas Cowboys owner paid her $375 grand and set up two trusts to conceal that Jones was Davis's biological father. The new lawsuit states that in the weeks after Davis's March 2022 filing, Jones and his representative waged a public campaign attacking her character, based knowingly on false statements and accusations. This is not an episode of Maury. This is something with an NFL owner, though. Those things are increasingly difficult to parse. Thanks for making Locked On Sports today your first listen. Now go find your favorite team's Locked On podcast and make them your second listen. Coming up tomorrow, who will land Lamar Jackson? So at least until tomorrow, stay Locked On Sports today.